Welcome to Sister Susaga, a sci-fi fantasy recap podcast. I'm MK. And I'm Libby. We're two sisters who love to discuss fantasy and sci-fi stories that transport us to worlds more magical than our own. We've noticed that the female perspective is often missing in the sci-fi and fantasy genres, both in the development process and in the fandom discourse. So we're going to examine both old and new epics through feminist colored glasses. This may lead to thirsting after unsuspecting characters with six-packs. Or throwing shade at sexist tropes that should have long ago been pushed through the moon door. We'll be dissecting all aspects of the films and shows we cover, so be warned, there are spoilers on the road ahead. Today we are covering episode 3 of House of the Dragon, entitled Second of His Name. We would like to welcome back our brother Ted. Um, He seems to just keep coming back. Um, We didn't invite him, we don't know how he got. Thank you guys so much for having (laughs) me back. So desperate. I thought this was a contractual thing, and now I'm on for the whole yeah. season. We can't. And beyond. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. He's, no. He's, gunning, knows? he's nope. gunning for a name, a, a, a podcast name We're not rebranding. To Siblings Who Saga. No, 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 no. I think I like the... You like the sisters part? Yeah. You just kind of like fly under the radar. Exactly. I don't Just like that. how women had to be in the background for all of Oh my time. God. Yeah. But they were really the ones with the best insights. And You're like our chaperone. Intelligence and whatever. I get it. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Ted. You really do Thank add you. some nice insight. You. And, you know, that historical background that MK and I really just don't have and intentionally don't, don't have. Don't care to have. Yeah. Yeah. I think... I do like some of it. Like, I love listening to The Ringer and, like, hearing some of this stuff. But, like, we were talking about a few episodes ago, it's nice to kind of come into it, being able to be surprised about things. And I was thinking about it today, and I think there's, like, this toxic nerd culture where, like, you're not a true fan, you know, a real fantasy fan if you don't, like, know all these things. And that's just not true. Like, if if you enjoy Game of Thrones, but you don't know all the history of the world, you are still a fantasy fan. You just choose not to spend your free time, you know, reading about the the history of the show. Right. Like, I feel like if, like, misogynistic men listen to this podcast, they'd be like, these women don't know what they're talking about. They didn't read blah, 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 blah. It's like, just because we don't know every single thing about it doesn't mean that we don't have something to say about it or that we're not fans. You know, there's all different levels of fans. Like just because I didn't watch Clone Wars, the animated series, doesn't mean I can't be into Star Wars. Do I ever give off those vibes? Like, no, I'm, you don't. You don't. Oh well, I, I am. <laughs> I You're like just to be you, clear, please accept those vibes. From and me. I, I also feel bad because I haven't watched the Clone Wars all the way through. Wow! I feel like please a leave. Fraud. You are. You truly are. It's funny because I do love to call people fake fans. I get the impulse to like want to be better than other people. But it's like you're not, you know? I know. And it's fun to talk to those people because of all the knowledge that they have and to s- discuss theories. I mean, the Jon Snow thing. People in the inner circles of nerdedom were talking about Jon S- the twist way before it happened. Because mm. George Cause the book wasn't written. Mm-hmm. very subtly. Sure. And people put it together. I do appreciate that. But I also appreciate watching the show for what it is. Like, there are casual, like, probably millions of casual viewers who watch Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon without having read the book, without knowing all of the background history. And those people should be able to enjoy it and get something out of it, too. Totally. That's what's keeping the show alive is normal people. Right. And I would say we're not necessarily fully normal viewers. Like, I think, obviously, with covering it on the podcast where I'm paying a little bit more attention. I think I'm personally paying more attention to it than I probably would be if I wasn't covering it. Sure. Me you too. Know? Um, which is kind of fun. Yeah, I'm super happy to be covering it. But would you it. still be enjoying it? Oh, hell yeah. I just wouldn't be like, what did that little thing mean? I have to write it down. I would be like, you know what? When someone wants me to know something, I'll know it. <laughs> That's how I was when I watched Game of Thrones, especially like the first season or two. I was like, wow I don't know what's going on who is this new person and but I just kind of gave in and was like I guess I'll probably figure it out eventually if it's important yeah Yeah. a lot of fantasy requires you to like 
give, suspend your disbelief. Give up the, like, I need to know everything that's happening right now. You kind of just have to be like, I don't really know what's going on, but I know that at some point I will. And I'll just do my best to understand it. Like, some people can't stand that. Like, they need to know what's going on. Right. Right away. Yep. And, like, I feel like fantasy people almost have, like, a little more patience. Let the story go and see what happens. I was watching a video with George R. R. Martin today, and he was showing a map of all of, basically, of Westeros, highlighting, you know, where the stepstones are versus where Dragonstone is. And it was really interesting. And then I just kept thinking, like, wow, he is such a nerd. Like, he is so into this. This is, like, a total map that he just, like, hand-drew, you know, somewhere on a piece of paper that he totally just made up in his head how amazing <laughs> that now like millions of people think this is like a real world and like someone call him a genius yeah he's definitely i just have to think he's like he's a huge nerd no he's like he is though his imagination is yeah it's super admirable it limitless oh well you, you know, know he's not a god <laughs> he may be a god <laughs> You're like, we're not sure. <laughs> you know, I've done the same thing, you guys. I've drawn maps and I've created, I have a fantasy book in my head. Do you really? I do. You That's kind cool. of are giving George R.R. vibes right now I with know. that beard. The so gut. I'm going to get you the hat and the glasses and, and I'll just he might like be gross. the next. Just dye your hair white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to hear Keeps about you going. <laughs> if you need a female perspective in your writer's room, you know, we're here for you. Okay. We're going to start the episode. Okay. So this episode starts with more men getting eaten by crabs. Like, we get it. Like, people are being eaten by crabs. We don't need to see it every episode. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> Damon shows up on his dragon, and one of the men who is being eaten is like, Hail Prince Damon. He's basically like, burn these motherfuckers. And then, like, as Damon gets closer, he's like, save me, Damon. And then he gets landed on by Caraxes and flattened. Bummer. And then I was like, this has to be a metaphor for like how, you know, the people in power don't really actually give a shit about the people they're supposed to be protecting or like saving. Like it's just a power play and like not really even about them. Damon taunts Drahar, which is the crab feeder, telling him he wants to feed him to his own crabs. But then all these dudes with flaming arrows shoot at them and he gets hit by one of the arrows. So then they like take off. So then it cuts to the palace intrigue king's landing and we find out that it has been three years since the previous episode which kind of just blew my mind uh the king already has a two-year-old son named Aegon, and allison is pregnant with her second child and a man named tylan lannister i have little like exclamation points next to his name because i'm like lannister we know them um he arrives to tell viserys that the crab feeder is invading bloodstone and Viserys really, like, doesn't want to hear about it and doesn't care. And basically, the drama going on is that Damon and Corlys, like, decided to start fighting the crab feeder without the throne. And so, like, people really want the king to get involved in this war. What did you guys think about that scene where the Lannister tries to talk to him about it and he's very dismissive and annoyed he doesn't care about politics he doesn't care about being a king i don't think he's meant for his role and i think him being the way he is it makes him look weak and it makes him look like he's not a strong leader which i honestly don't think he is a strong leader and i think people can see that yeah for sure and i think people see that and people take note of yeah that. yep because it's like, regardless of if it's your son's second name day, like you're responsible. You're responsible for yeah. the entire realm. So. And it's your brother who's who's getting yeah. his ass whooped. Shouldn't you care? Uh, can he have a day to celebrate with his son? <laughs> it's three days. Whatever. Oh, you, we haven't seen what, he, what else he's been up to. Maybe he's been doing, doing stuff around the castle. Doing stuff around the castle and keeping like, the roads. Teddy like clean. wants Viserys to like be kidding. his dad. We, 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 <laughs> we know and we've said that Viserys is a bad king. He's a good He's, man, bad king. He still is a bad king. Yeah. So fair enough. Maybe good men can't be good kings. What happened to the best, most honorable hand the realms ever seen? Ned Stark. Kilt. 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 Um, <laughs> Allison goes to get Rhaenyra to go on the celebratory hunt for 
Aegon's name day. And Rhaenyra is very icy with Allison. She only comes because it is the king's order. Well, we didn't really get into the part where Rhaenyra is kind of begrudgingly going on the hunt and it's the wagon ride on the way there. And it's such like a classic dad moment when he's like, we're all together and we're going on a family hunt. And he's just like thrilled. It's almost like Chevy Chase from Christmas Vacation when like, and the kids are in the back just like rolling their eyes and miserable he's that dad he's yeah that dad he is and and then allison is like trying to convince rhaenyra that it's gonna be great when she gets married and like has kids and stuff and mm-hmm. allison's like oh it's not a big deal Aegon came without much fuss like my favorite part of that scene is like the midwives <laughs> yeah. like look at each Looking other at and each they're other like, like what the fuck that's not what i remember like, definitely <laughs> I picked up on that. She was a hot mess. So I thought that was funny. <laughs> He's like, someday soon you're going to be having your own babies. And she's like, yeah, dad. <laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> they arrive at the hunting party thing. Uh, Rhaenyra walks through the festivities and someone, some of the ladies ask Rhaenyra for insight on the war and the stepstones. And they grumble about how the king should join the war. And Rhaenyra basically sasses them with a sick burn about how she's like what are you guys doing eating cake <laughs> what are you guys doing to help eating cake and she was like the lady was feeding cake to her dog oh, yeah, that was funny <laughs> I laugh I go, I go oh, look at the dog he was so happy he's eating the cake he was so happy <laughs> to oh, eat cake yeah. <laughs> so then Lord Jason Lannister starts talking to Rhaenyra and he's um the other Lannister's twin, and he serves on, oh, the twin serves on the council. And he has this creepy eye set on Rhaenyra. He says, I'd do anything for for my queen or lady wife. Yeah, he wasn't messing around. He went, he got right to hey, the you point. you know, at least he was clear about his intentions, okay? <laughs> he came up, he was confident, he said, hey, I like you. Let's hang out. Yeah, I don't, I'm not complaining, okay. but he's also creepy, so that's an issue. How is he creepy? I don't know. He's like too prideful. Didn't don't you remember when King Viserys said he his pride has pride? <laughs> he's he's a, La- a Lannister. He's a like, Lannister. What do you expect? Yeah, you want her to marry a fucking Lannister? They got money, lots of money. She don't need and no money. wine. She's the queen. Rhaenyra, when she realizes that he's like hitting on her, her face drops and she like gives him his wine back and she like runs to her dad to yell at him. Her and her father get in like a loud argument in front of everyone. And Otto like interrupts them because he's basically like, this is not a good move. So she rides off dramatically and Sir Kristen follows her. And when they stop, he's like, should I kill Jason Lannister? Ha 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 ha. And it eases the tension. Are they in love? Seems like they're in love. Oh, yeah, they're in love for okay. 100%. Okay. Um, they're cute. Well, she's for sure in love with him. I okay. guess I don't know how he feels, but... Cole and Rhaenyra stroll through the woods, and he tells her that he owes everything to her, and I just wrote in my notes that I like him a lot. He just seems very, like, humble and just, like, good, but also a strong fighter, you know? He's mm-hmm. like, you can get shit done. Getting Jon Snow vibes from him. A little I could bit. get Jon Snow vibes Definitely. From him. Like totally no creepiness in him at all. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you get Eric Bana vibes from him? Yes. No, but I do yes, now. Yes, I do. Okay, thank you. I can see that. Jason Lannister mentions to Viserys that he thinks that Rhaenyra should be his wife and that will be a consolation for her not being queen anymore. And Viserys gets really angry. I was really impressed by him shooting his shot. Good for you. Kind of like what Teddy was Is saying. Is this a pro-Jason Lannister podcast? No, not at all. <laughs> and then the gall he had to be like, I can offer you strength. Like, to the Targaryens being like, <laughs> I can offer you strength. Like, they have fucking dragons. They don't need strength. Yeah. They need wine and money, probably. So maybe run with that. Lannisters think everything can be fixed with money, honestly. They're just, like, the worst. They're not used to being told no. That too. His pride was still like, well, maybe I can get this. Jason assumes Rhaenyra will no longer be Viserys' heir now that Aegon exists. Viserys quickly tells him to hush up and to make sure to let it be known to anyone else who assumes the same that they will be considered mutinous. So I really liked that Viserys stood up for his daughter's legitimacy to the throne and that he isn't just going to cast her aside. 
I was like kind of surprised by that, especially because of how crazy he's been about wanting a son. That he's still so gung ho about no, she is gonna be the queen. How dare you like question that? Yeah. Uh, and then Otto kind of like slithers in beside him, <laughs> and he's like, you know, I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> she could marry the Psycho. baby. <laughs> That accent is spot on. <laughs> she could Hi. marry the baby. I you know. <laughs> I've been told. I was thinking I am she could marry accents. the baby. <laughs> like, what the fuck? No, she should marry the baby. Yeah, Aegon. she should marry Aegon. That's my, his solution. My favorite, though, is Viserys' reaction. <laughs> he was like, he's two years old and he like starts laughing. He's like, this is ridiculous. Also, Wait, he says, who said that? Who said to marry the baby? Otto. Otto. Was to marry the baby? Oh. <laughs> Did you watch um, the episode? I liked that Viserys said, "I want her to be happy." I just felt like that was such like a modern way of thinking. Like you wouldn't think in medieval times, like a king would be like, "I just want my daughter to be happy." He gives me very like modern dad vibes. Like I feel like he would fit in in twenty twenty two. He would be like a great liberal dad that has like an accountant job, and he comes home to do Legos and hang out with his family at night. And he lives, like, a great life. He would do better in, like, a normal life, not, like, being a king. Like, sure. He just seems more like a normal dude who just, like, wants his kids to be happy. And he just wants to, like, drink and, like, hang out with his friends. So Viserys kind of has a breakdown once the baby thing is, the baby marriage is As he suggested. Should. And he says, I came here to hunt, not to be suffocated by this fucking politicking. And Otto, Ooh, Otto we- just kind of slithers away. <laughs> sorry. Like the snake he is. Yeah. I'm sorry, y'all liege. <laughs> So, Viserys is getting very drunk. One of his council members. Lionel Strong. Yep. Ted's AKA favorite. Teddy. Um, yeah. Man. AKA Teddy. The Teddy character. He's like, I think I know who like you should marry your daughter to. And the king's like, oh, let me guess. Your son would be a great match. And he's like, no, actually, I think you should marry him to Lord Corliss's son. Lionel Strong seems super smart. He seems like someone that the king should actually be listening to yes he seems like he's actually being he's being objective he's like objectively you should marry Rhaenyra to Lord Corliss's son because you could get him back in your good graces you could strengthen the Valerian bloodline like he Uh, says all of these things for the record I said this last week you did say this but I'm definitely not the only person yeah you did say that that. did you Um, already say before that you're getting Samwell Tarly vibes from Lionel Strong I don't think Sam was politically savvy at all. No. But this guy is, obviously. He's on the council. That's fair. Maybe it was like the way he looked. Yeah. It's like he seemed like a genuinely good, trustworthy guy. Sure. Whatever. Nobody ever agrees with me on this podcast. I think we all agree that he seems like a trustworthy guy. He's giving Samwell right now. He is. No, he's not. Whatever. I hate him. Sam was. So he says, I like think that they would be a smart match. And... Uh, he also mentions, he's like, I hope Lord Corliss's son survives the war in the Sandstones. And he kind of seems to be implying that, like, they should be there to help. Like, mm. he might not make it. Kind of, like, kind of guilting him a little bit, almost in a way. And the king kind of stumbles away angrily. Then we cut to Rhaenyra and Kristen. Kristen. I'll call him Cole. I like that. Um, at a campfire, and they're getting, you know, they're falling in love. And then all of a sudden... There's some noises and a boar knocks Cole down and then Rhaenyra is like being attacked by it and she ends up like stabbing it a million times. And I was like, go girl. She gets a lot of rage out. Ever since you said he's like the best fighter of all time, I'm like, a boar took him down pretty easy. Um, <laughs> he had the element of surprise on his side. Sure. A boar killed Robert Baratheon. One True, of the strongest he, fighters. Drunk or whatever. So what? Okay. It but, wasn't Robert Baratheon's fault. It was more the fault of the time where they didn't actually have any sort of medical treatment. Wasn't there for... more going on there, too? Didn't the Lannisters, like, orchestrate his death? Cersei spiked his wine. Yeah, that's what I thought. To be, like, but, ever clear times ten. But the, the, the Lannister guy, she was, like, manipulating him to do it, right? Because he was his squire. Because he was his squire. Yeah. But couldn't he have potentially survived that if they had had antibiotics i thought it was more like he got gouged and bled out i don't remember now did he come back he comes back oh "Oh." he does come back but he dies he does come back he doesn't die immediately you could be right on that lib for once i'll give you the first time hate you guys you might be right (laughs) back at camp drunk viserys staggers out to the bonfire and when allison finds him there 
uh, sobs about how his obsession with his dream slash prophecy of having a son with a conqueror's crown is what killed Emma. I thought it was sad. And he's very self-aware in a way, more so than you would think. Mm-hmm. He knows what he is and what he isn't. He's like, he says, I wish I was a dreamer. He wants to be a dreamer. Like, he really desperately wants to be someone who, like, has visions. Do you know he w- who he was giving there? <laughs> Rhaegar Targaryen. Because Rhaegar was a gentle soul who played the harpsichord and mm. had prof and saw the Pro- prophecy, mm. and that's why he lost to Robert on the trident because he wasn't a, he was a good fighter, but he wasn't. He wasn't Robert. He wasn't anything special, and Robert just smashed <laughs> his head in because he was like this picture. I don't know Viserys. He wasn't as ruthless. He wasn't like super masculine or whatever. See, that's I'll a misconception there. about what masculinity skilled is. Skilled at fighting. <laughs> he you? wasn't as skilled at fighting. He was. Da, 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 da. He'd play the harpsichord to his baby. Teddy's trying to say that like so men who play instruments aren't real men. <laughs> no, he's not. He's just saying he wasn't a good fighter. And then he came against Robert Baratheon, who was just this big jock. Let's. <laughs> Let's fight. Well, one thing I was thinking when he goes and eventually when he kills the stag, I was like, has he even killed anyone or anything before? I mean, it. We're not there. Okay. (laughs) Like you said, he just seems like such a gentle soul that when they like wanted him to kill that stag, I was like, does he even know how to do that? That was so embarrassing. It was also just for the men in the room. Horrible to watch. Because we felt like we've been that man before when a bunch of men are standing around (laughs) watching you. And you're like supposed to do something. And you're supposed to do something like manly, but you fuck it up, and they're all just like standing there, like. Oh. Did he fuck it? This up? This is awkward. He just yes, he had he to do um, it again. A little to the left, your grace. <laughs> oh, thank you. Like someone else do it. This is so humiliating to watch. Yeah. Sorry, that hasn't happened yet. Go ahead. So, the king ends up killing, kind of something that I haven't super been talking about because I found it uninteresting, was that. There, they they spotted a white stag, and like the white stag is like a, a symbol of greatness. And if he kills a white stag, it means something really, you know, that Aegon is going to be meant for greatness. And basically, they're like, well, we couldn't find the white stag, but we found this brown one. So if you want to do the honors, and so they give him a big pokey stick. But you um, can see on his face when it's not the white stag; it's, it's the spear. brown one. Yeah, that's. I mean, you can tell he's, like, slightly disappointed, but also, yeah. like, relieved. For sure. So then he... I really thought he was going to let the stag go, and I wanted him to. I was like, come on, just say, just let it go. I didn't think and that was going to happen. Because that would have reflected his character instead he murdered it. Killed. Yeah, Killed. I think the part <laughs> where it's a, it is kind of a pretty... It's a beautiful scene after he has killed the stag and it's just his face and there's like sunlight coming in behind him and there's even like a flare. It that seems like his see. heart's okay, not in it. I think there's symbolism there. I do what, too because okay. later on there's sunlight coming through when he reassures R- Rhaenyra. Doubles down on Rhaenyra. Yeah. And I oh, think that's man. what he decided when he killed that stag. Mm. Yep. I, there's some, I think you're right. I think there's a parallel there. Yeah. I thought MK would have found it. Yeah. She was like an English major. We thought that she was like smart and stuff. Yeah, it's fine. Like, we well, got, we got this. this symbolism here. I'm just like head down on my computer, just like <laughs> frantically typing everything that happens. I you didn't have, notice like the sun flare yeah, that came like, I through. I don't have the luxury of just like mm-hmm. taking in the sun flares in every take, you know? Okay. I'm just frantic. Because why else would they put it in? It must mean something. Yeah. So the actual white stag, the one whose appearance is supposed to foretell greatness, it appears before a bloodstained Rhaenyra and Chris, Kristen. Kristen. Thought you were going to call him cool. I know. I, I Whatever. Um, that morning, they run into it. and It's so poetic, isn't it? I it love really that. Is. I was I like, yes, it. bitch. And then when, when Cole pulls out his blade to kill it, she stops him and is like, no. And then they just watch it run off. And they're, and she's just kind of like transfixed by its meaning, but also just its beauty. And, you know, it means something. 
it means that she's destined for greatness. After that, Rhaenyra arrives back to camp and they're like dragging the boar in and she has blood all over herself. And it's such a great power move because everyone's just staring at her and she's just like a badass. And Jason looks disgusted. Like he like crinkles his nose. <laughs> which I who found are the really brown haired guys who looked at her? Were they Baratheons or something? I don't know, but one of them kind of gave her like a. Yeah, it was an interesting. You go, girl. Type okay. of blood. Interaction. Book spoilers. I think this guy comes back into it somehow. Who, Jason? The guy who like no, nodded at her? No, the guy with brown, long brown hair who uh-uh. gave her a look or whatever. All that I saw was this title that said, spoilers, uh, Rhaenyra's taste in men. And it showed. Brown hair. Kristen Cole. <laughs> Actually, I'm just going to stop right there. Yeah, you don't because we didn't brown give a spoiler warning and brown, or anything. And brown hair. So I think he's going to come back into it. All right. Yeah, that was a, that was older. kind of an odd situation. Otto visits Alicent, and he tells her to manipulate Viserys into making Aegon the heir. This is kind of, that's the point of the scene. There's more said, but it's basically like, hey, go to your husband and make him make your son be the heir. Not only that, but the patriarchal twist of it all where he says, Aegon is literally going to be a victim. If he doesn't become king. Because he's the the dude. He's a, well, he's a baby right now, but eventually he'll be a dude. It is his birthright to be king. And he would be victimized if he didn't. To me, it seems like it was like him trying to manipulate her motherly feelings. Like saying like, your son will be like mocked and like will, will have a really hard time if he can't be the king. That's what, what it seemed like to me. Right. But. Like, it was almost oh, like, well, at least do it for your son. Look at you. You're the king that never was. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly, Teddy. Thank you for that. Bringing Just us like back. Just like She's a joke. What does she do? She doesn't do anything. He could be just like this spoiled little prince who never. But he might have a dragon. I'm assuming. They did not show us his little two-year-old dragon flying around. We want the baby dragons. But we know we there's. Want the baby they dragons. put the egg in the cradle when they're born. Mm-hmm. So we learned that there. from the prank the right. prank of the season um, that's what episode two oh, should have been called wait. the prank <laughs> that's what it should be called uh so Otto, after she seems so allison pre, seems pretty resistant to doing this to going to viserys and convincing him to make Aegon the, the heir i would say she I don't know that she's ever seemed super enthusiastic about doing what her father wants, but I really got the feeling like maybe she, you know, she's having her second child. It's been three years. Like she's getting to a point where maybe her father doesn't have as much of a hold on what she does because she ends up she's going coming to, to her power. She goes to Viserys queen. and she's the queen. Yeah. She goes to Viserys and she doesn't do what her father asks her to do. So, she goes to him, and Viserys has received a letter from the sea snake's brother. I just and- wanted to say one thing. Yeah, go ahead. He says, the gods have punished me for my indulgences. And I was like, same, Viserys, same. <laughs> he was, like, majorly oh, hungover. hungover. He's yeah. just like, <laughs> yeah, oh, he my hungover. God. So he's given Libby. He's yeah, given Libby. I was like, girl, you messy. But same. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, he was very hungover in this scene. Uh, and Allison, so basically Allison sees a, a note from the sea snake's brother asking for help because they're losing to the crab feeder. And Allison tries to convince him to help, and it works. Instead of going in there and talking to him about make my son the heir, like she went her own way. She got to go her own way. She might not be in a rush to figure out this. Oh, my best friend or my son... Yeah. Gets to be the next king or queen. Do you think she's conflicted about that? Oh, for sure. I don't. Yeah, if it was me, I'd be like, that's above my pay grade. Like, I don't need to make that. I don't oh, need 100%. to help him make that decision. That's on him. 100%. But I will say that I liked her a lot more in this episode. And, like, it was great that she could be an advocate for Rhaenyra. Was this a scene where she was saying that Rhaenyra probably needs to choose her own yeah. partner? And he was like, oh, yeah, he was that like, seems oh, smart. He like, oh, that's a good point. But, but she didn't say it like that. 
she said, make her think. Or that if she's, she at least needs to feel yeah, like make she's. Make her think that she's making the choice on her own. But I think any way you slice it, she is advocating for her. Her choosing her husband. She might be framing it to him in that way. And maybe that is really how she feels. We don't know. Isn't that how she says it? That is how she says it, but that could also be a way to convince him. Well, either way, whether or not it is her choice or she thinks it's her choice, it's going to be better than her completely thinking it's not That's her choice. That's what I was trying to say. So Allison is playing Viserys. I no. guess we don't know. To help Rhaenyra. We don't know. We don't know her intentions. I saw it as her trying to help Rhaenyra. But I did too. Could have been a mixture of things. I don't think it has to be either or. I think it can be and, like both and. Man, yeah. and this is just going to get more and more complicated as we go through time. Because those two are going to become more and more distant. Allison and Rhaenyra. I think their relationship is going to become even more. Well, the, as they both As they both gain power and like prestige or whatever. Because she's the queen. Yeah. And then she's always going to remember her old friend. But were they friends in the books? I thought I read somewhere that they weren't actually even friends in the books. No, they weren't. Okay. That's a show change. I said that in the first episode of the pod. I remember that. Okay. (laughs) I forgot. (laughs) Libby probably wasn't listening. She was on her phone or something. All right. All right. All right. So I'm editing you out of this podcast. She's on her her phone right now. I'm reading my notes. (laughs) I got to get my notes out. Then Teddy doesn't have notes. Viserys and Rhaenyra get into an argument, and he he ends up telling her to find her own match, one that pleases her. Just before she leaves, he swears to her, on your mother's memory, that she won't be supplanted in the succession to the throne. And I said, yeah, sure, Jan. So basically, they're like fighting So you didn't believe him? I still think that he might waver. I think it's when your dad tells you something, of course we'll go to the... <laughs> zoo tomorrow but then you never go to the zoo i was glad that he he doubled down on is that a good metaphor you know yeah it's the same okay okay yeah yeah um same level of kind of importance and everything yeah i was glad that he doubled down i also think her anger was justified they've probably been fighting about this for years i mean this isn't the first fight they've had about the fact that he married her best friend so this Last part of the episode is kind of like a complete left turn from what we've been seeing so far. Cut to Corliss, his son Lenore, and his brother. And I just want to say that I wasn't super impressed with the son actor. I'm hoping that when they age them up, he also gets aged up to a different actor. He's hotter. Also, maybe a stronger actor. Jesus Christ. Anyways... He's a yeah. kid. He seemed like a, kid, a teenager. Yeah, he's probably going to be this one. They're going to age him honest. up. For sure. Yeah. So they're arguing, Corliss, Lenore, and the brother of Corliss. And the brother is kind of being a little mutinous. And it just, like, continues to cut to soldiers who just look exhausted, hopeless, and just, like, sad. <laughs> like, the morale is really, really low. That is the point they are trying to get, you know, drilled in our heads. Oh, yeah. And, and then, They're not doing so great in this no. war. So Damon walks in and a message has come from the king. And the, the messenger says, or gives him the note. We, we know it says that he's going to send, that Viserys is going to send help. Damon gets so angry that he beats the shit out of the poor guy who gave him the message. And everyone is like, whoa, don't, dude. Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> yes, literally don't shoot the messenger. Uh, so was Damon obviously not aware that someone sent for the king, sent to oh, the king he for help? 100% totally behind, know that he never would have asked He never would have done that. Too much pride. Too much pride. So the next part is Damon getting in a boat and like, you know, rowing himself over. Before that, they were talking. To the crab they shack. They had a plan. They oh, said, yeah. There is this one plan. But nobody's crazy enough to do it. <laughs> and then he's like, except Damon. <laughs> yeah. So before Damon enters the scene, they're like, oh, we could have someone 
go there and like lure them out and then we'll go in and kill them all because right now they can hide in the caves and we can't get at them which is why they're winning right because i'm like yeah. how do the crabs win when they have <laughs> multiple dragons I'm just picturing like little tiny crabs with swords like multiple dragons lenore <laughs> lenore isn't no he's riding, riding Caraxes, right? Caraxes. i thought he was riding Caraxes. that was his dragon I this is what Mallory told me. <gasps> Mallory said he's on his he own dragon. He should have his own yes, dragon. Holy he has shit. his own dragon. I think he does because I kept seeing things online. Look oh. at this cutie. And they'd zoom in on his face and it was just this dragon like. <laughs> <laughs> of some screenshot that. What's it called? It's called like Seafair or something? Yeah. Okay. Not Seafair, but something C with C. That's amazing. I didn't realize that. But maybe he's not very good yet and doesn't have great control. Yeah, but also, like, where was Damon's dragon? Like, could, he could, shouldn't he, he have come to help? Like, if that had been Daenerys, her dragon would have been there in, like, two seconds. That's a good point. And see, I'm on the same page you are, MK. I thought it was he was writing the ugly. Correct. Yeah. You think Damon would let some uh, someone else well, ride his dragon? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he would not. No, that's thank you. Even to do this plan. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm stupid. I thought the same thing. Would the dragon he is riding is sea smoke. It, it is not clear when Lenore claimed sea smoke. Was this his first ride? But that's also true in the books. Sorry, I don't know what I'm reading, but sea smoke. Stop it. Stop reading now. Stop it. Uh, okay, so they discussed the plan to use someone as like a lure. Then Damon arrives, he gets the note, he beats the shit out of a guy with his helmet. Does then, he even say anything this whole scene? I don't think so. And then he runs to this little rowboat and he rows himself over to the side and he grabs this white material and he puts it on a stick and he's like waving it to the crab beater and he's like basically like, I surrender. And so then... It's not basically, that's what you do when you surrender. You put up the white flag. <laughs> So then he's like, like, he found this rag on the ground, put it on a stick and waved it around and just said, just for fun, I, <laughs> for some flair. It's a, so, it, so Damon surrenders in quotations. So all these guys come running towards him. They're like, we're going to get him. And he, and so are those the crab guys with the turbans? Yeah, the crab guys. With the turbans. Yeah. All right. It's a tri-city, isn't it? Oh, yeah, the triarchy. The yeah, triarchy. It's, it's, I think it's three different cities, so there's probably, whatever, slave warriors, just mm -hmm. like in Daenerys, when Daenerys was in the free cities. Okay. So they run up to him, and he's like, ah, oh, I am surrendering. And then when someone gets close, he just, like, whips whips his sword and just, like, starts killing everyone. Is this a tri-city, or is it one guy, the crab eater, who's a pirate Crab and Peter. has his merry men with him or whatever. They're always Are they all pirates or are they part of this I hadn't city? thought it through and I don't need to. Well, why do you think <laughs> they keep calling it the triarchy? Oh, I don't know. We don't really know much about this crab eater. I mean, feeder. Crab feeder. Other than he's like messing with the shipping lanes. And he has leprosy. What is I wrong with him? He has gray him? scale actually. Oh. <gasps> Do you know what grayscale is? Yeah, duh. Did Daenerys' best friend who gave dad vibes. Oh, yeah, Sir Jorah Mormont didn't, got grayscale. Didn't Jorah get that? Yep. Anyways. For the record, Jorah was much uglier in the books. Oh, okay. So Damon's just like... He wasn't like, this like silver fox old dad. You thought he was a silver fox. He wasn't a silver fox, but he was a dilf. So, so Damon is just like killing everyone like he's Jon Snow in the Battle of Bastards and mm. <laughs> and all these guys that. with flaming arrows are also aiming at him and he's somehow just dodging like a hundred arrows I was like this is crazy what do they say about what's his name should have taken notes or whatever <laughs> Is it Rickon? Rickon, Rickon Stark. Stark should have taken oh, it. It was like someone God. who's really good at dodging arrows and someone who's not. <laughs> he had a bunch of like random pieces of wood to hide under. Rickon did not have that. I swear. And Rickon, Rickon was a child. Did not go out like that in the books. I promise you. They done in him the dirty. Books? You want to know what happened in the books? Sure. I don't know, but <laughs> he went off with Asha. 
the wildling woman, and she took him. Uh huh. So maybe he's what happens the in the show. He's probably just living beyond the wall, like with the wild. Jon Snow's gonna run into him because Rickon so do doesn't think... die in the books. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Damon is dodging a hundred arrows. He's fighting a hundred men alone and winning, and he dodges a hundred arrows easy. Fights a hundred men easy. Okay, finally he gets hit by a few arrows. And he just like pulls. I was like, finally. Yeah, finally. He gets hit by like three arrows. He gets surrounded on all sides. Like everything is stacked up against him. And you're like, this is the end. This is the end of Daemon Targaryen. Right? Everyone thinks that. Right? You're like, this is the. This I is... stopped watching right after that. Did he? De- he's dead, right? <laughs> no. Are you serious? And that is a series, what is it? A series wrap for Matt Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Round of applause. They Ned stocked him. They Ned stocked him. <laughs> yes. Honestly, they, they probably will do that to us, knowing the show. But just as he's about to be killed, all of his dudes come running in. All the sea snakes. I thought the dragon came first. Well, you see all the guys running in, and then the dragon comes and lights up all the men in front of Damon. Right. His, the men closest to him that were going to attack him are like taken out by fire. And Sea Smoke is being ridden by Lenore. It's Sea Sail. No, it's not. Sea Smoke. Sea Snail. Is Sea Snail, Sea Smoke Snail is being ridden by Lenore. And you're like, what? It's really, it's an exciting moment. But me and MK thought it was. It's Caraxes, yeah. Caraxes. Which, you know, are bad. But also, where was Caraxes? Maybe he was injured from all those arrows and he had to take a little nap. He was fine. <laughs> he blocked him with his wings like it was nothing. I don't know. Okay. So, the the, the real battle commences. And Damon's like, okay, cool. I'm going to go kill the crab feeder because... I really want to. So he just like disappears into a cave and he just comes out dragging the upper half of the crab feeder's body. That's so gross. Out of the cave. And I was like, we didn't even see the kill. That's kind of weird. But it also, was strange. But also, ew. Yeah, with his like entrails hanging out. That was disgusting. Yeah, those intestines. It almost was like they were saying like this, this enemy wasn't even like important enough for you to see his death. I feel like they're choosing to not show a lot of important things. Like, they didn't do the royal wedding. Like, they didn't show the king marrying Allison. Oh, yeah. They, like, there's a lot of fallout from the last episode that they just skip over. Everyone loves mm-hmm. a royal wedding, too. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Everything always in. goes really well. And, like, nothing bad ever happens, usually, at weddings. Do we agree? And they didn't preface the whole sea smoke thing. They don't do any setup for when... Lenore is riding sea smoke which was confusing for me like oh there's another person who we don't know a lot about who can ride a dragon where did this dragon come from how did he find it spoilers there's just some no spoiler definitely some interesting (laughs) he's like no I have info there's more dragons out there no I mean I get that but like I just am looking for more information on the one we just met you know? Maybe this was just a tease. I want more about like Corliss's family in general. Yeah, yeah double sure. Yeah, definitely. I do too. Do you sure. think she'll marry him? I have no clue. She's kind of engaged to Kristen. Just wait, MK, until I get you with my gotcha question. I'll let you finish up your recap. Sure. <laughs> that's actually it. That's the end of the episode. So, and oh, that's true. He brings episode. the crab. The half of so the Damon crab will refuse to ever get help from anyone. And the fact that his brother said he would help him was so insulting. His ego couldn't allow it to happen. No. He was so, yeah, he wanted it to be his own win. He, was he didn't want his to brother die. to be part of it. He was willing to die instead of accept aid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 100%. The definition of masculinity. If anything, it like. It's fueled true. him to go and do the dangerous thing, which yeah. also wasn't that a little not really fair war play, like to pretend that you're. There's no rules. Okay. Uh, there all is fair. The art of war by Sun Tzu. All is fair in love and war. I have not. Uh, what I was gonna say was. Men, would rather die than accept help. Oh, thank you. It was. It's from some 
studying masculinity. But this guy is like, my family would rather see me fall off that horse dead than get off of it. Are you talking about? I'm messing up the quote. Brene Brown. Yeah, yeah. She's interviewing all those like old men. Yeah, and the guy's like, my family thinks I'm. I, I'm a white knight. I'm on the knight on a white horse. Yeah, yeah. They would rather see me like shot off of it, dead, than like fall off of it. Or like hun- that, get it down off like of it intentionally, like show vulnerability, basically. Right. Basically. Yes. It's Brene Brown. Gotta love her. It's so interesting too because cause that oppression comes from men. It's like men. Oh, other. But men? this guy was saying yeah. that like his wife doesn't want to see him vulnerable. That's his what he thinks. I know, but that's also a product of the patriarchy. It's right, an- for sure. All right, MK, you want the gotcha question? Uh, yeah. According to lore, what is the age difference between Kristen Cole? And Princess Rhaenyra. Well, she's 18. Correct. He's probably like 25. <laughs> Can I guess? Yes. 45. Do you think they're 45? No, I thought he was 45. They are. Would you like to know the answer? Yeah, sure. sure. The answer is 16 years apart. The show probably ages him down to yeah. what you're saying, MK. Late yeah. 20s. Mm. I mean, I think I don't know that he really sees her as like a real romantic interest at this point. I think he still kind of sees her as a child, as he should. But I wouldn't be surprised if she's not really considered a real love interest by anyone until she's aged up. Maybe her relationship with Kristen Cole is completely neutral. Platonic. Platonic. Like Big Brother vibes. Yeah. Or like, yeah. yeah. Oh, Jon Snow and Arya. Arya. We haven't seen the last three years. We don't really know what's been going on. Right. All right. Let's move on to our final segment. What has been enchanting us this week? Uh, Teddy, I'm going to have you go first because you prepared something for this week. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. <laughs> I was driving over here and... Uh, I kept thinking, what did I watch? What did I watch? I couldn't think of anything. And then I was like, oh, yeah. Rings of Power <laughs> on Amazon. First two episodes now streaming. Thank you. Thank you. Round of applause. Um, I am. I'm in. I like it. It gave me the feels. Walking into Casa uh, Doom. With dwarves. I don't know if Libby's there yet. I've only seen the first episode. I felt things. I was like, yeah, this is this is getting me all the nerdy dopamine. Mm. Like the first time I saw Baby Yoda jump. Across the Remember rocks. That? Remember that? <laughs> In when the Baby season Yoda two. Was like, <laughs> oh, no, it was. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was season one of um, Mandalorian. Yeah. No, it was, it was Boba Fett. It's Boba Fett, In sorry. In season one of Boba Fett, That's they, have, what I meant. they have a Mandalorian episode and it's. And then you see Baby Yoda like jump like on the rocks like wee. So it gave me those feels. I'm in, hundred percent. Thank you. Watch it. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. It's good. It's good. When Teddy doesn't recommend a children's animated <laughs> film, we clap. But I also wanted to say that I did really enjoy the first episode. I was bummed that the brother died because he seemed cool, and I wanted to see more of him. You just thought he was hot. Yep. And then. The costumes. Oh my god. Elrond. Oh, she's talking about Love Island. Elrond's beautiful. Don't spoil. I haven't watched. I'm just talking about She's talking about the clothes. Outfit. You said that someone died. Spoiler alert. Not that much of a spoiler. Literally dies within the first two minutes. And it's like the revenge. It's like the revenge story. It's like how the the parents always die in the beginning of a Disney movie. It's exactly that. Um, No, but Elrond had this like gorgeous blue and green robe with like just, I wish I could explain it, but maybe I'll just like post a picture of it on Instagram. Like, I don't know really how I feel about episode yet. I'm still processing it, but I do know that visually it was a feast for the eye and I was thrilled Mm -hmm, by mm -hmm. it all. I did wish that there were some hotter elves in it, but maybe that's to come, you know? Yeah. Maybe that's to come. When I was listening to the characters talk to each other, it sounded like I was watching the Lord of the Rings movies 
I don't know who did the dialogue, but they're on point. It's like uh-huh. kind of corny, but like it reminds me of the movies. I thought the music, I wish they could have done what Game of Thrones did. And I did get too. the same soundtrack because mm-hmm. the soundtrack is amazing. Yep. But they can't. Oh, they couldn't because they didn't have the rights. So they made their own soundtrack that still sounds similar, still gives you the same vibe. It does. But yeah, I was thinking that too, that I wish they had the same music. Was that yours too, Libby? Yes, that was also mine. Cool. Oh, you stole mine. Uh, in a shocking turn of events, my movie is a horror movie. Hmm. I watched Jordan Peele's Nope. I can't believe you. Teddy's you, betrayed. I told you <laughs> I wanted to see that. I know. I'm sorry. I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to. I just want to say that it wasn't my favorite Jordan Peele film. It's still a really good quality film with amazing performances. Kiki Palmer, Daniel Kaluuya. La 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 la. I don't. I don't. I, Zip your lip and let are me you talk. Gonna, are you I gonna won't spoil? spoil anything. I won't. Right. Steven, Steven Yoon, he also was great in it. It's not like Get Out where it's like a traditional kind of horror movie. It's more like artistic. And I think that an average viewer is certainly not going to really know what's going on on a metaphorical level. And I think I am not an average viewer. I talk about movies and TV and write about them and I'm thinking about them and I'm thinking deeply about them and I still didn't get it. And it's kind like of... you still don't get it. I had to Google it. Oh, wow. And that happens sometimes when I watch movies where I'm like, I don't really know that I got that. And I'm going to have to look it up. And you know what I was thinking? Maybe I'm not supposed to get it. Maybe it's more so for people of color would get it more than me. And it's just not meant for me, which is okay. But I just thought that it was almost like too artsy. If people can't understand what you're really trying to say, then is it too artsy? (laughs) And then when I read more about it, I was just like, I never could have picked up on that. So I'd be interested to hear your guys' thoughts if you ever end up watching it. I mean, now I never will. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it for this episode of Sisters Who Saga. And remember, the road ahead is uncertain, but the end is clear. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Ted out. (laughs) (laughs) Making it his own. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Sister Susaga wherever you listen to podcasts. Some of this will get cut. Okay. Oh, oh, no. For sure. Maybe it's a vicious <laughs> editor. <laughs> <laughs>